All right, guys. Tonight we are back with a Audible Ecstasy podcast, doing a quick review of the classic Ozzy Osbourne album *Blizzard of Oz*. And um, I'm not sure about you two guys, but this is uh, this is going to be an exciting one for me. I, I dig this album, so I look forward to hearing your opinions. Um, I'm Jimmy. I am Chris. And I'm Anthony. And welcome to our podcast. The zero of you listening to it. Well, <laughs> I do. Gotta start somewhere, don't you? Yeah, I have to. I have to say, Jimmy, I agree with you on uh, looking forward to reviewing this one. Uh, this is, I can't remember which one you guys suggested. It might have been you, Anthony, suggested this album, or just suggested Ozzy, and we settled on this one. But uh, you know, I, I have to admit, uh, this album came out in 1980. I was eight years old when this album came out, so. Ozzy's not something I listened to a lot of in my youth. Uh, it, was, it was a little before my time, at least as far as listening to rock music goes. And uh, and I didn't really realize what I was missing there. Because, I, you know, obviously I know a few songs of this album, but it's a very good album in my opinion. So I don't know if you guys want me to take a lead on doing the review first and let you guys follow. Or Actually, yeah, man. I was kind of curious to hear your opinion of it. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to this. Well... I went and I listened to every song, and I, I did like a a one out of ten, or you know, a yeah, one through ten review on each song. So I have a number. Uh, the number that it came out to was a nine point one out of ten. So wow, yeah, it was really good. Uh, uh, and honestly, I started listening to this thing, and I was all the way through Mr. Crowley, and I was like, you know, I've given every song a ten out of ten. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to start being a little more objective. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the first uh, five songs were ten out of ten. Then we got down down to No Bone Moves, and I gave that one a nine out of ten. It's a rocking tune, uh, a little generic, but still is a, a rocking tune. I didn't care for uh, Revelation. Uh, that was the weakest uh, song on the album, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys thought. Little uh, what I write on here, uh, a little too long and a little too whiny. Uh, I did say that Randy saves the day at the end when he just starts rocking out at the end of that song, though. Uh, uh, gave Steel Away 8.5, and I looking at me, looking at you, an 8. Uh, and the rest, like one, you know, I Don't Know, Crazy Train, Goodbye to Romance, Suicide Solution, <laughs> Mr. Crowley, all 10s out of 10. Um, really good. And, and I have to say, uh, reminds me of some of the great duos in music but with with Randy Rhodes and and Ozzy a uh, great vocal frontman and a great lead guitarist i mean as good as it got in the 80s really i mean when you when you listen to it so thoroughly enjoyed the album and you know this is for me the whole reason to do this podcast is to kind of discover some stuff that maybe i knew about but never really dove into never had the time to back in the day you know so yeah, I liked it. Uh, they have a couple questions for you guys. Maybe uh, you might know a little more about this. Uh, who, was Ozzy the, the lead songwriter on this, or did he have people writing his music for him? That's a great question. Because, because he doesn't strike me like somebody. But but I will say, the Ozzy I know is the guy you see on you know TV now. who <laughs> seems kind of like a, a buffoon in a way. I mean, I know he's not. He's older, and he's... I think he might have Parkinson's or something, so I shouldn't say that. But, but you know, even when he did his MTV show back in the day, he just kind of struck you as like he was just kind of there. And uh, 
I gotta say that the the songs are so well written that if he wrote those songs, the guy was great at what he did back in those days. And I mean, I know he you know he was lead man for Sabbath for about ten years too, right? I mean, a long time there. Long so time. I mean, the guy is is really royalty. It, it went, led me to go on and, and listen to that tribute album he did after this and I, I was just like blown away man randy rhodes what a guitarist man that guy was unbelievable <laughs> yeah and I'm, really i mean i, I was I'm curious I if, if you guys know anything about their their process about how they wrote those songs like did did randy just come in and start nailing out riffs right off the bat or or you know i don't know i just don't know a lot about what they did but it was an impressive album so i'll leave that 9.1 out of 10 on there so that's cool. I'll, I'll go ahead and touch on what I understand happened back in those days. Ozzy does take some writing credits, but I believe the bassist Bob Daisley and Randy Rhodes pretty much wrote this music. Mm. And I've heard in kind of what I was getting at. I thought maybe they had a lot to do yeah. with that. I could be wrong. Now, lyrically, he probably wrote all the lyrics. I don't know that he wrote the music to this, but he maybe he did. You know, I know that he gets credited for it. So at this point, we got to say yes, he did. But you know, I've heard Bob Daisley in interviews say that uh, Ozzy really was more a lyricist. Uh, and he had somebody else writing lyrics with him, too, from what I understand. That's, of course, this is all rumors, but in the rock in the rock and roll fables that are out there. But, um, yeah, dude, you know, they flew. He picked Randy Rhodes and flew him to England to basically do a demo. And when he flew over there to join the band or to try out for the band, ended up blowing Ozzy away and just absolutely ripped it. And was just amazed at how good this, you know, how good Randy was. I mean, there's a, there are so many people that were up for this gig. Like, you know, George Lynch actually allegedly won this gig first. Oh, really? And, yep. And then something happened. It's <laughs> funny you say that because honestly, the, the one guy I was comparing him to was George Lynch. When I hear, heard his guitar sound, I was like, man, that reminds me a lot of George Lynch. That was the 80s style, too, those rippers back in the day. They used to. Well, yeah, the top notch. I mean, not a lot of people can do it like that, though. Yeah. Those guys were excellent. Oh, it was the 80s style, and Rhodes was, you know, he was one of the guys that kind of got all that style started, like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, at least that's my opinion. I mean, it may not be completely true. Nah, I think you're probably spot on with that because it was the early 80s, and I can't think of too many people doing it like that back then. So. Dude, he was a neoclassical shredder. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that Randy Rhodes is the original guitarist for Quiet Riot, just so you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, I knew that too. Yeah. yeah, that's that's insane. And he died in what 82, 83 yeah, in there. Eighty-two somewhere? or eighty-three is eighty-two because uh, that's when the plane crashed, and they, he the only released two albums. Guys, man, I swear, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. But uh, Anthony, you want to you want to go next? Uh, I mean, I can. I don't care. Should yeah, I? Uh, go ahead. Should I set the mood for Aussies uh, in the room tonight? I'm doing Ozzy Osbourne. Should I do it like that? Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Like this that. is going to be just audio when we release that's the ultimate. So I don't know much of that matters, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. Man. Just want to show off my smart bulbs. That's pretty cool. Um, but no, I mean, I was just looking at the album itself. I listened to this a couple of weeks ago. I'm with Chris on all this. I mean, I don't know. It's a great lead-off song. It has a really great intro to it. You know, it kind of just slides right into it and really gets going. 
I mean, it's really crazy. Um, it's a killer song. Crazy Train is one of those songs like, uh, oh, what's the song I was thinking of today? Inner Sandman. You heard it a billion times, but you still like it. Mm. You really, truly get tired of it. Um, Goodbye to Romance is, he's like Alice Cooper when it comes to the, the ballads. You don't expect good ballads out of Alice Cooper or Ozzy Osbourne. When they do it, they do it right. Uh, D, yeah, I agree 100%. Good song. D is not one of those that jumps off that me off, off the top of my head. I don't remember much about it. It's just an intro. I didn't even include it on, on the review because it's just an intro of, into Suicide Solution, I believe. And Suicide Solution is a massively awesome song. And he yeah. got in trouble for that one, didn't he, Jimmy? Yes, he did. They, uh, he was blamed for a couple of deaths and tried to get sued back in the 80s. Yeah, or something like that. I actually wrote favorite on the album <laughs> for that song. It's, it's a great a song. song like, it's legitimately a great song. Yeah, it really was, yeah. And then you got Mr. Crowley next, which is one of my personal favorites. Probably top three, even top two Aussie songs for me. Even my kids sing Mr. Crowley around the house sometimes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Raising them right. <laughs> but I, Nate occasionally starts singing, singing Mr. Crowley. Uh, and No Bone Movies isn't a bad one. I don't really know what the title means. <laughs> Not exactly. Huh? It's back in the day when you had to go to movie theaters to see uh, porn movies. That's exactly what I was thinking it was. Yeah, that's yes. what it was. It's about that. Take, I think it's about taking a date. Horn. Well, no, she's like that. That was the rule. No bone. Oh there. no! <laughs> I had a feeling. I, had I could a feeling. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was about. That's a strong move, right there. First date, taking her to a porn movie back in the eighties. Oh, <laughs> like uh, Taxi Driver. Did you already seen Taxi Driver? Oh yeah, yeah. He did that, right? <laughs> was it with Judy yeah, Foster? Yeah, it was crazy. Like a thirteen. Civil yeah. <laughs> Shepherd. Oh, that's right. It was Civil Shepherd. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was Civil. I don't know why she got upset. And then Revelation, I mean, it's another great song. I mean, you know, it, it's not one that jumps off at me, but Steal Away is another one. I mean, they're all really great songs. Yeah, I, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. I really like that one a lot, too. And uh, yeah, not, not really any really beefs. I noticed today when I listened to it that... Uh, the Mother Earth one kind of started off slow for me today for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like it drug a little bit. That's Revelation. It, it yeah, does start off slow. You know, but uh, I probably give it a solid nine out of ten. I mean, I don't. There's not many complaints. I still remember seeing this album at one of my friends' house in the early '80s. You know, seeing that cover and it mm -hmm. jumps off at you, like his early Kiss covers I used to see back in the '70s when I was at my cousin's house. Didn't know what it was about, but a cover like that you're kind of wondering what's going on grabs your attention doesn't it yeah it does uh, yeah so nine out of ten i don't have any complaints about it that's uh Jimmy, let's hear your thoughts on this one. uh i will i'll start off with i know that i probably had the head start on you guys when it came to this i'm pretty sure um i remember back in when i was little probably it was probably 82 83 Whenever Bark at the Moon first came out, that's the first. That was my first taste of Ozzy Osbourne. My babysitter at the time, this is this woman named or girl. She was 16. Her name was Vicky O'Quinn. Never will forget her. She was a pretty big Ozzy fan. Her and her boyfriend, and um, 
And this is when MTV started out, you know what I mean? And they had that Bark at the Moon video. So I remember making my, uh, or asking my parents to buy me that Bark at the Moon album. And then from there, I went backwards and got, ended up getting Speak of the Devil and getting, uh, which is a, like a greatest hits. It's an Aussie redo of Sabbath classics. And then getting, of course, Blizzard of Oz and um, Diary of a Madman. And I was so young, I didn't know what I was in for. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how good this was. And as I got older and matured, this album right here is absolutely a classic, period. Yeah. It is a great, great album. And to think that this was one of the only two records that Randy Rhodes actually performed on besides that Quiet Right release in the 70s, a couple of them, I guess. I mean, this is amazing guitar work. Absolutely amazing guitar for it's, it's It's duplicated by artists to this day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I got, I had this on cassette. So this is back before you can listen straight through this thing that flipping it over. And the first, I mean, the first side of the cassette was, I don't know, crazy train, good, goodbye to romance D and suicide solution. There is not much better one, two punch than that album on that first side, because yeah. you get a small break there with the goodbye to romance and you get that classical interlude with D and then suicide solution closes up that first half of the album. And then you flip it over and you start hearing that kind of eerie, scary haunted house music that opens up Mr. Crowley. Oh, it's a great song for like a horror movie, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's perfect. Probably, it's perfect. probably been in horror movies, I guess, if they gave it permission for it. I don't know. But. You know, it one, could have been, dude. It might have came from one. I don't know. Um, you know one song that would be perfect for a chase scene in a horror movie? Switch 625 by Def Leppard. Oh, my God. I haven't listened to that in forever. You should listen to that sometime and just imagine someone being chased through a forest or something. I've always wanted to get a scene after that. <laughs> That's that, hilarious, that. man. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's just not, like Anthony said, I, I really, I mean, I kind of, I would love to give this a 10 I'm, because it's absolutely a fantastic album. The only, in my opinion, the only weak song in this thing, I like D because it's a classical kind of guitar thing. And that's just me. Um, yeah. I think the weakest song on here is is between No Bone Movies and Still Away the Night. I, that may not be the popular p- opinion, but this thing is still a solid nine, maybe even a nine and a half out of ten in my opinion. I'm going to stand on that. I, I mean, I can tell you right now, the first three songs, for, actually the first side, all five songs are tens in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's the same here. I mean, yeah. I was just like, I got to give Mr. Crowley, that's a ten. I can't give everything a ten. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. It's almost like it's a shame. It's just like an album of you just basically preaching to the choir. If anybody listens to this podcast and is a fan of hard rock or metal, if they don't have this in their collection, you know, they're missing out on a great, great taste of our history of metal. I will admit it took me way too long to to join the crop the crowd with this one. I mean, I just you know, there's so much music out there that there is. And th- like I said, this was a little before my time, so you know, I kind of came into it like in the mid to late eighties and this sure. was before all that. So, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you came into it in the Jakey e. Lee era, which isn't that far late, you know, and then right. you got the tail end of, uh, or you got, yeah, the I, I remember like, uh, bark at the moon and stuff like yeah. that. Being on the radio, but, bark at the but, uh, mid eighties, right. That one. I that's 83. Actually, that was 83. Bark at the moon was 83. And then you had, Ultimate Shot that was his big hit. Like in yep. the MTV. Days, right? Yep. The Ultimate Sin, when that came out, I think that was in... I, I was say I think I had that album, yeah. 86. Didn't the Ultimate Sin have his like, only like top 10 hit or something? The Ultimate Sin? No, that's shot. not true. 
Shot in the Dark was was a big hit for him. It was a hit, and so was Ultimate Sin, but it wasn't the top ten. I, I don't believe his top tens came from the No More Tears era. Really? Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm right on that because No More Tears had like songs that went to like two and three and number one. I think. Got the I don't want to change the world. Mama, I'm coming home on that one. No more yeah. tears. I mean, that right there is another great album. It's a good listen. I mean, he. In reality, yes, he's a freaking bubbling buffoon, but my God, as many drugs he's done, it's a miracle. I mean, it's a lot of drugs. You're right. You're right. But man, the guy, listening to that uh, tribute album, my God, his vocals were so good live. I mean, so good. And I I hate to even break it to you, but dude, he was on so much cocaine back then. I'm sure. It's insane. I'm telling you, it's a miracle this, this man lived through the 80s, to be honest with you. Yeah. God almighty. That no, album is uh, tribute is a freaking awesome album. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the few I had. I had a bunch of those back in the day. I think I had four or five of his cassette tapes back then. I mean, you didn't have CDs. I think it were cassette tapes. I'm I'm looking over his you know his Sabbath era is legendary. Don't get me wrong, it was just a the beginning of heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. And in reality, you can go for me. You can go the first five albums, and all five of those are absolutely killer. Then it gets to that crazier stuff where he actually was knocked out on acid and coke and all that stuff and was, you know, he was crazy. Gets to the uh, 90s. 90s about killing everything. Well, I hate that I never got to see him in his prime because I think it would have been a fantastic show. Well, I, th- I guess between us, I'm the only one that saw him in his prime. Did you? Yeah. On the Ultimate Sin tour. That's it. That was prime Ozzy. I hate that I missed him with Randy, but, you know. This was Freedom Hall days. Yeah, so. Freedom Hall. Metallica. Is that the one Metallica? Metallica opened. Metallica opened for him? It was the Master of Puppet Store, dude. Oh, crap. I was in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, we were all in seventh grade. There's no way I was ever going to be allowed to go to something like that when I was in seventh grade. Oh, dude. I had to catch. I, I remember my mom being like, Ozzy Osbourne. Why do I know that name? Because <laughs> you bought me plenty of those cassettes. Oh, God. Yeah, that's funny. And I, it's sad. I didn't know who Metallica was. I did after that night. And didn't the Metallica kind of run him off the stage a couple of nights? <clears throat> they didn't really run him off the stage, but they actually were. They stole the show. Well, I mean, even Ozzy knew it. Back in those days. Yeah. I'm surprised they, they didn't, hungry, man. I'm surprised they didn't have a. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have a hard time getting people to. You know, or getting people to stage him as an opening act because you know anybody that knows Metallica is seeing them live is like yeah we put these guys in front of us we're gonna have to really bring our a game you know well, you, you got to remember Chris this was the very very early stages of the thrash mail they weren't that big people were not even I remember Freedom Hall not even being full when Metallica started yeah, yeah so I mean of course crazy. we're a small area don't get me wrong but yeah. I remember plenty of room and of course I didn't get the, I didn't get in the pit I was up sitting with my stepdad in the stands but uh <laughs> You know, but nonetheless, it was an experience. That was great. I mean, that'd be a pretty rough bit. Oh yeah, no doubt. But you know what? I think it after the Master Puppet tour, I believe it was over because they headlined from then on. Right. Actually, I think they headlined once they traveled across seas. They headlined the entire European tour with Master Puppets, mm-hmm. and nobody could carry it, carry it with them. You know, they were just destroying them all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got my. Uh... Uh, text today about Metallica running all their concerts free on YouTube right now. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw you sent that there. Metallica Monday. I was watching some of the one from uh, Sloan Castle, was it? In Ireland? Yeah, Sloan. Yep. 
pretty cool show. Watching so these it. like older vintage type oh, yeah. shows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the one I was watching Davis from 2019. Yeah, it was last year. They're doing. They're like picking random shows from what I understand, Chris, and they're just streaming them for free live. Yeah, and Metallica's been recording all their, I guess, all their shows, kind of like Kiss did, from yeah. probably 1990 and on. So, maybe right. man, you talk Kiss, you can find, you just type in a date on YouTube. It's Kiss yeah. Live 1992, whatever. Boom, there it is. You find like a list of live show, like full shows with pretty good quality to them. Really, I mean, crazy. Yeah, and you know some dude was like holding a camcorder. A camcorder I mean, because yeah. they <laughs> like, I guess he had a battery pack. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they don't look professionally done, but they're well done for for an amateur, you know. But you see a lot of those. Yeah, man, those were the days. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if this is really unrelated, but uh, we were talking about that plane crash, and it made me remember a story I'd heard about a week or so ago. And if you guys know this. You can feel free to stop me, but uh, it was about, they were talking about Leonard Skinner when they had their plane crash, and uh, I never knew this. I mean, you guys might be aware, but, you know, the drummer survived, mm-hmm. and uh, the story that, that they told was basically they, they were on a plane that had been a lot of travel on the plane. It was actually the last time they were going to fly. It was like the band's plane, the last time they were ever going to fly it. And I guess there was an argument or something about even some of the guys didn't even want to take it, but they did. And uh, the thing ran out of fuel, and that's the reason it crashed. And because it ran out of fuel, there was no explosion, and that's why there were several survivors on this plane. So this Artemis, was it Artemis Artemis Pilot? Pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all may know this, but he like, you know, he survived. So he's he's like, he tells the remaining survivors, I want to try to find... Yeah, he he had several. I think like a broken sternum or something. I mean, he was in bad shape too. But but he crawled to like a, a field or farmhouse out there, like down in Mississippi. This farmer sees him like out in his field, and he thinks he's some hippie out there, just like loitering on his land. <laughs> so he shoots at him with a shotgun, and he hits him in his arm. Oh my Can you god! Imagine. And the I guy like, quickly was like, "Hey, hold no, we've been in a plane crash." Like. He, <laughs> <laughs> but not only have you been in a plane crash <laughs> and you broke your stern, see some of your bandmates die right in front of you. Then he decides, okay, I'm going to try to get help for the rest of us. And somebody shoots him while it, while <laughs> I mean, that's just insane. That is insane. Hey, what a bad day, man. But you're, you're talking about. <laughs> you guys are aware that y'all ever heard that? I've never heard that story. Was it yeah, 76, 77, something like that? And if you look it up on, like, I found it online and verified it. It's actually, that, that's what happened. So. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, do you guys have any uh, suggestions about what next albums you'd like to listen to? I say we keep going with Ozzy. Let's do the next one. Just go through them. We'll do all the Ozzy albums. Just do this is going to become the Ozzy podcast. No, just just go through the Ozzy albums. None of us have really been with them in a while. Chris hasn't heard a lot of them. Well, that's true. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm game, dude. Diary of the Madman's next. It's the only other Randy album that you know it's studio, but it's killer. Okay. I'd say we go until uh, we just go up until I don't know. As long as we can go on it. I'm gonna say no more tears is my cutoff point. I will take you to no more tears, and that's it, dude. After that, I just can't listen to too well, much. I can't. I, I don't appreciate it as much. It's Diary of a Madman. That's the next album. Yeah. No more tears is supposed to be one of his best, isn't it? I've heard. No More Tears is probably, it's the last great one in my opinion. 
Well, okay. Listen. Oh my gosh, this would be exciting. So we got one, two, three, four. Well, there's only five more albums. We don't need to. We don't need to do tribute. That's more of a greatest hits. Well, that's that's not a that's not a studio. That's a that's a live album. Yeah, it's more of a greatest hits live album. What you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, you're going to go Diary of a Madman, Bark at the Moon, Ultimate Sin, No Rest, and No More Tears. Exactly. I'm game, dude. I mean, and, and that is, honestly, that's my Aussie right there. That's the Aussie I loved. So. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to some of his newer stuff. I wonder if it's any good. I've it's, heard I mean, some it's of- not the same, honestly. I uh, I do like some of it. I just It's not for me. It's more commercial nowadays. A few I've heard, like Scream is really good, and uh, Black Rain is pretty good. And a few other ones off his newer stuff. He has a covered album with a really bad cover of some songs. <laughs> I was looking at online. His like most played song, some do it with Eminem or something. I think is that. Oh, are, you guys... <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I think so. Right, some, he, he did something with one of these rap stars recently. I forgot which one it was. Well, that's off that new one. Yeah, ordinary man. No, no, no. Post Malone. I'm sorry. Well, not okay. No, I was like, yeah, Post Malone. That's who it is. He did a song. With yeah, Post Malone. I'm, I'm. You're right. It was Post Malone, not Eminem. Song "Ordinary Man" featuring Elton John on his new album. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, Crazy Train is obviously his most streamed song, but but yeah, uh, this Post Malone thing got a lot of plays too. So I don't know. I don't hear how to add music to this thing, the podcast yet. No, dude. Did you, I mean, have you seen who wrote these songs on the new album? Who wrote them? I mean, you got, of course, Ozzy, John, whatever you want to call him, Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses. Mm. I mean, that's the names I'm seeing right now. That's crazy. Um, and McKagan's on almost all these songs, except for numbers, except for the Today Is the End. My God, I had no idea. I guess I should listen to him. And that song that? is called "Take What You Want" from with uh, Post Malone. Have you heard this one? Can you hear that at all? That's the one with Elton John. Is it? Yeah, "Ordinary Man." I thought you were gonna play the Post Malones. <laughs> Where is it? All right. Well. We'll try to keep these short and sweet. So yeah, we dude, we're at thirty it. minutes, man. I yeah, think we're under thirty minutes time. right now. So. All yeah. right. Yeah, let's just, that. I had a few suggestions, but I'll I'll defer to you guys. <laughs> no, might be nice to get a little rhythm just doing some metal and then come in doing something else and then you know you know well, Anthony, you had, you had mentioned uh, a while back you'd been listening to that Bob Seger Night Moves album. I was looking at it and it's like that looks like a really good album. I wouldn't mind reviewing that. I knew several of the songs on it already, but uh, you could line up and, the Aussie and move on to that one after the Aussie one. And there was another album that uh, piqued my interest. I saw a, a video of these guys. I don't know why I fell down a rabbit hole one day. Uh, the guys from Mastodon uh, doing the Emperor of Sand album. And they just seem like the coolest guys, man. That video, what, like recording the, the, the uh, I don't know, that one, maybe down the road and we want something quite a bit heavier, we could give that a shot. I'm down. You know, I'm, I'm a Mastodon. Well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll follow this Aussie trail as long as we... <laughs> Plus we can we're going it. down a trail like this oh my god <laughs> i say we do it let's do we're it fun. you know what i'm down I, I i mean honestly the sad thing is i could probably 
Well, I could definitely do the last two albums by heart right now. I could run you through it. I could probably, God, I could do almost all of it. Never mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, let's do that. So are we going to try to do this next Tuesday, Diary of the Madman? Yeah, let's, let's try that next Tuesday. Fair hey, enough. Listen, we're out of with you are out of work. If you want to do it some other time, let me know. So, what do you think? I'm still working as is. So. I was getting ready to say, Chris, my, my work cut back. I'm only working three days a week now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good in a way and bad in a way, I guess. At least yeah. So you, Paycheck you, limited so. exposure. Right? You got a lot of access to the public with your job. So. It sucks. It yeah. sucks. But I gotta gotta serve. Yeah. But you know, it's what it is. You know, they need to give us stay-at-home parents a little more credit too. <laughs> they're about posting it somewhere, but probably rub people the wrong way. Yeah, it will. Yeah. <laughs> Don't All right, guys. It. I'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Anybody that listens to this, hopefully yeah, we can keep this going for a while. That was Aussie. It's a shame we can't play the music on as an outro. All right. All right. That's got to be the way to do it, right? Well, we can, but it would end up getting this blocked somewhere. It might. I, yeah. I mean, some of the podcasts I listen to play music on them all the time, and never get in trouble for it. I'm pretty sure we got strikes when we did the videos. <laughs> if you don't go to YouTube, YouTube's really strict about stuff. Yeah, we're definitely not going to YouTube. It's all YouTube's fault advertising on them. I'm going to end this here. We'll talk to you guys later.